Hey everyone, and welcome into the Blake Show Lakers betting podcast, the show on the Believe Podcast Network that covers all things Lakers with a blend of betting advice and analysis. Please subscribe to the show on YouTube. Follow us on Spotify, Apple, iHeart, wherever else you get your podcasts by searching the Blake Show Lakers betting podcast. Now, let's talk some Lakers. Laker fans, your Los Angeles Lakers just won free agency. What a job by Rob Palinka. The Lakers got deeper. They added more length and shot creators to a team that just made the Western Conference Finals. And the reality of this is that no other contending team from last season has made the same level of improvements to their entire rosters as the Lakers have in these first couple of days of free agency. And I think the only move that could trump what the Lakers have done this summer is if the Heat land Damian Lillard, but we'll have to see what happens there. But regardless of Lillard and the Heat and wherever else he might go, I do think that in terms of free agency, the Lakers are the clear winners. We can say that the market is pretty much dried up now where most of the cap space teams are done. The Spurs have about 25 million or so to play with, I believe. But other than that, um, you know, a lot of the, uh, the big name unrestricted free agents are off the board. And then the restricted free agents that are out there, a lot of them have gone back to their teams or are, you know, negotiating, uh, sign in trades. At least that'll probably be the case, but I think you'll see most of them just return to their teams. So, um, all in all, I think a lot of the, the big hitting stuff of free agency is done sort of to the contrary of maybe what we've seen in past years where the 4th of July has just been crazy in terms of big name player movement. And, you know, I think obviously Damian Lillard, that's something that could happen, but that's a trade. So in terms of free agency, man, Lakers clear winners, I think. And I think most people think, I think that's a consensus across the national media and people like me who talk about the team every day. Like um, you can't deny how good of a job that, Rob Palinka and the Lakers organization did in free agency and uh, starting here with uh, some, some betting stuff. I mean, odds wise, we did talk about uh, yesterday, how the Lakers were plus 1500 to win the title on the show. And sort of what I predicted was that I said, okay, whether the Lakers get Bruce Brown or they get Lopez or they, um, you know, use that full mid-level exception in a different way, which of course Brown and Lopez ended up being way higher than uh, the Lakers could afford. Um, I just figured they would use that money smartly, bring in some guys around the edges, and that those odds would change because I felt like Denver's going to lose Bruce Brown. Phoenix doesn't have any chance to add any depth unless they trade DeAndre Ayton, which they're saying they're not going to do. And then the Golden State Warriors basically are, are locked into what they're doing. They already made their big, big move, and trading away Jordan Poole and adding Chris Paul, giving Draymond Green $100 million, which I understand, you know, why they did that. But that's kind of their team now for this next year. They lost DiVincenzo, so no other big moves that they're going to be making, just moves around the edges. So um, I, I really thought, okay, the Lakers are in a position to really, I think, make the best improvement, and, and that's what we saw. And I did think that the Lakers odds were going to change. I think a little more than they did as of right now, they, they are still sitting behind golden state. They're in that same spot for uh, title odds, but now they're at plus 1400. So it did move a little bit. I will stand on what I said yesterday and I'll recommend backing LA at plus 1400 free agency. Didn't shift LA's odds to win the West as we kind of look at, at that now. And 
They're still at plus 850 there as they were yesterday. And same thing as, as what I said above. I think that number still offers great value. When you look at their whole roster compared to the teams in the West that are slated ahead of them, which again, Denver, Phoenix, and Golden State. Speaking of the Lakers roster, let's go through it now and recap what LA pulled off to start free agency. And we'll start with the new additions here. Tori and Prince, one year, four and a half million, six, seven, uh, 38% three-point shooter who improves their wing depth. Simple as that. On to Gabe Vincent, three years, 33 million. Just another solid get here to improve the Lakers depth. Strong defender who can shoot, takes care of the ball, is going to play hard every night and is likely going to be available and durable, which is something that the Lakers um, will take advantage of. And we saw last year guys like Dennis Schroeder, who of course Gabe Mitson is kind of coming in and replacing. One of the big things about Schroeder is that he was reliable on a, on a, on, you know, most, most nights. So you're definitely going to get that with Vincent and look, he's one of the several role players that helped the Miami heat beat the bucks, the Knicks and the Celtics making that finals run as an eight seed. And, um, as good as Dennis Schroeder was defensively last season for the Lakers, I would consider this an upgrade in the second unit just because of the upside and the age of Gabe Vincent, a little bit of a younger guy getting him on a, on a good number at 33 million over the three years. And if D'Angelo Russell is ever out or he's just not performing well, Lakers are going to have more options here. I think this year than they did last year, they're going to be able to count on a solid game from Gabe Vincent. Laker fans are going to love Gabe Vincent. I think because you're going to sort of know what you're going to get. And I know that Miami heat fans will maybe say something different because he was definitely inconsistent during the regular season. Of course, had a pretty strong playoffs overall. But I do think that the Lakers' complementary pieces, specifically playing with LeBron and AD, Gabe Vincent is going to get more open looks than he did with the Heat. There were times with the Heat where he was creating his own shot quite a bit. And I don't think he's going to be in that much of a position because he's going to have more open looks. I'm expecting his shooting percentages to go up a little bit. And he was already a good shooter. So um, I really like the addition of Gabe Vincent here. And, uh, yeah, I see him thriving as a shooter, I think, alongside LeBron and AD. And one of the other things, a report came out tonight from The Athletic that basically said that Lakers are planning to unlock Austin Reeves and put him more at the point guard spot, try to develop him at the one. So that also gives this team a new look where Reeves is playing off ball last year in spots. And if they get into a groove where he's playing the one, when D'Lo's out or maybe they end up moving D'Lo to the two or they bring D'Lo off the bench and they, you know, what, whatever that they do throughout the season. And, uh, you know, maybe there are times when D'Lo's coming off the bench just from like a load management perspective or whatever. Um, that could change the dynamic here too. You add in Gabe Vincent, you subtract Schroeder. I like Gabe Vincent and I think he is an upgrade for the Lakers in that second unit. Moving on to Cam Reddish, two years and a veteran minimum, another six, seven wing who just bolsters the Lakers depth guy who came into the league with a lot of hype and has definitely bounced around a little bit, but NBA players, and especially those that came into the league with him and played against him in college, they'll tell you how good this guy is and how good he can be. And he still definitely got a lot of untapped potential in the NBA. That's clear. And this could be a big get for the Lakers down the line. If he can mature, come into his own by learning from being around LeBron James and Anthony Davis Next guy, Jackson Hayes, uh, sort of the, the last new addition the Lakers has as of uh, this recording. 
Jackson Hayes, they add him on a two-year vet minimum, just like Reddish. 6'11", athletic freak is Jackson Hayes, who's just going to be in a position, I think, to thrive in his role with the Lakers. They're going to need him to catch lobs, finish around the room, use that athleticism, and be a rim protector. And I don't think that that's asking too much of him. So I expect him to do well. And the biggest thing with both Hayes and Reddish is the fact that they got both of them on veteran minimums. I just think the upside is huge there. In addition to how well each of these new pieces fit, what's really solidifying the Lakers is the winner of free agency for me is the value of these contracts. The Lakers did not overpay for any of these guys. And that's very impressive stuff. Now, onto the core young pieces that the Lakers were able to re-sign it's a similar song and dance as the new additions where these guys are all great fits alongside LeBron James and Anthony Davis at a good number, good value. Rui Hachimura played himself up to that three or $51 million number that he got in the playoffs, uh, avoiding the Spurs offering Reeves a max or close to it. That's another win. And don't get me wrong. Lakers probably would have matched that as they, as they should have. But getting Reeves at a lower number in the 50s is a win for flexibility for LA. And I just don't, you know, there were some people when the rumors were out, the Lakers are going to, you know, match the max. There were talking heads out there and rumors that were like, would that be worth it? You know, is it a poison pill contract where the first two years are cheaper? The second two years are more expensive. I don't see Austin Reeves slowing down. Like, I don't think the argument that he's at his peak is valid. I think that he still has a lot more development, and I think that um, he's going to take another step forward in his game this year, playing playing him at the one. Again, as we talked about earlier, as Athletic reported tonight. So um, Austin Reeves at, at that number is, is a very good situation for the Lakers. And then the last thing here, of course, is they didn't overpay to keep D'Angelo Russell, which I know was a worry amongst Laker fans after that Western Conference Finals. But... To get him for two years at $37 million, that's a solid value. And we got to remember how well he played up until the West Finals. And even though D'Lo didn't play well in the West Finals, the Lakers were still in most of those games. So, I mean, I know they got swept, but still in most of those games. So you get D'Lo to play a little better, add in these new guys, and you're right there in terms of being on the doorstep to get to the finals and win a championship. And... Other thing about Russell, because I know this is a popular topic amongst Laker fans. If you end up wanting to trade him down the line, this contracts help you with that as well, because we know what he is during the regular season. He's going to be very good. And if the Lakers decide, all right, we want to upgrade and try to bring in um, somebody who has more upside or somebody comes on the market that doesn't have an awful contract that the Lakers can flip Russell and somebody else for that contract will make it easier for them to do so than if he was, on a more expensive deal. Um, but with D'Lo, again, I just think that heading into the rest of the summer and in the next season, D'Lo, it's important to remember, D'Lo was really, really good next to LeBron and AD for most of last season. And he's a big reason why the Lakers won on the run that they did. Um, so I think, you know, the contract is good value. And then the Lakers just have to hope that he returns to sort of that pre-Western Conference Finals form heading into the season. And then you can get some some more out of him when the lights are bright because you get more out of him and they don't need him to be like the third best player on the team. They just need him to make some open shots, take care of the ball, hold his own defensively. If he can do those things, Lakers can win the championship easy um, this next season. 
And look, the depth that the Lakers have added here is going to help them no matter what. I think regardless of sort of what happens with D'Lo here in terms of how he's going to play when the Lakers do get back to the playoffs. Um, I just see just with their new additions and, and the fact that the Nuggets lost Bruce Brown, I see them being in a better spot the next time that they play Denver. Um, also, you know, losing Bruce Brown to the Pacers, I mean, it's not like Bruce Brown went to a Western Conference contender because um, that could have been a big a big addition for a Western Conference team. The Pacers are a non-starter for the Lakers. Lakers don't care about the Pacers. So um, you're taking out one of the best players on a, you know, best role players, I should say, on a contender, and you're putting him in the East. So that helps the Lakers as well. That's a win for the Lakers. Moving on to Phoenix in terms of looking at, at teams that, you know, are ahead of Lakers in the odds right now. Again, talked about this at the top of the show. Suns have not done anything to make me think that they have a competent roster beyond their stars. And we just have seen in recent years that that the, the star model where you have the rest of the guys' bet minimums just, you know, it doesn't work too well. And I'm not really expecting it um, to work well this year. I mean, when the Suns made the Kevin Durant trade last season, I one on my show here when I was covering the whole NBA last season and um, went on some radio appearances and stuff. And I said that I like the Suns to go to the finals and I was wrong. And the biggest reason I feel like I was wrong is because of the depth problem that they had. They did not need to trade for Bradley Beal. They needed to keep Chris Paul or turn Chris Paul into a couple role players or, or something else. Um, I think that, um, you know, it's just, it, it's perplexing because not only now, but for the future with the new CBA, I just don't know how the Suns are going to get better. And the other thing, it's not like these are three super durable stars. Um, you know, Kevin Durant, Booker and Beal have all dealt with injuries. So one of those guys goes down and the Suns are in trouble and could they get lucky and have all three guys just on fire and maybe DeAndre Ayton plays really well under Frank Vogel. Definitely a possibility, but I just think roster wise complete roster. I like the Lakers better than the Suns. Um, so Lakers are in really, really good shape as we head off into this 4th of July weekend and look, instead of star hunting like they have in the past, the Lakers opted to run it back with this group, add some more depth get a training camp under their, belt, their belts. And uh, it's a decision that I think is going to pay off in at least a finals appearance for the purple and gold and maybe even a championship in 2024. That'll do it for today's episode of the Blake Show Lakers betting podcast. Thank you so much for watching and listening. Subscribe and like us on YouTube at the Blake Show. Follow along wherever it is that you listen to your podcast. And I will see you next time.